This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club, because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, well, welcome to uh, another edition of the Trevor Christensen podcast, being recorded on a Sunday morning. So we've had plenty of time to reflect on a match that finished at Ashton Gate yesterday, Bristol City 2, Huddersfield Town 3. Uh, joining me are Ian and Mark. We've had a chance to reflect on the, yesterday's uh, game, um, as we usually do. Ian, you first, just 30 seconds, your summary on that 90 minutes. Started well and got worse. Um, we scored the first goal through a high press uh, and looked in good, good order and uh, then we stopped doing that for the rest of the first half because Huddersfield just played around the press uh, they were much better football inside than us in terms of first touch movement particularly was good um, classic team coached by a foreign coach and uh, I, I, it was 3-2 Honestly, the score could, I think the score could have been anything. It could have been four all. It could have been three all. Uh, we could have won. They did win. Uh, it was it was quite a strange game, and no doubt we'll come on to the reasons for that in the rest of the podcast. Okay, Mark, your thoughts on the on the game? You could say a five goal thriller, but it sort of wasn't, was it? No, no, not at all. It's very brave of Nigel Pearson to pick uh, Benarus at left wing back, but that. And Alex Scott at right wing back means that we, we were ruthlessly exposed again and teams have done it every week at the gate. We flew out the blocks, like Ian said, with a good press. Scott uh, forcing the defender uh, to lose the ball to Semenyo. Great goal. But from then on, it was just attack after attack after attack down both flanks. First goal, static defending. Same as the second and third. We had 13 shots on, uh, on goal in the second half, but it was all too late. It was all when we were 3-1 down. And yeah. we weren't we weren't clinically enough. No, I mean, interesting you say that about the uh, wave after wave, and it wasn't helped. It wasn't helped by I put on Twitter, you know, an unforced errors giving the ball away, and Atkinson. We'll <laughs> come on to him later, but three or four times, just aimless punts forward, and the ball came straight back. Dan Bentley seems just to go route one all the time. But uh, I'll come back to you next, Ian, on the lineup. Um, you know, playing 
uh, Scott and Benarus as wing backs when you've got um, when you've got Tanner who can play on the right side. You've got Zach Viner that can play on the right side, although we're, we're missing uh, central defenders. And then on the left, you've got Cameron Pring and Jada Silva, you know, who are both you would think recognised in in that position. I mean, what's what? What's Nigel playing at with that with that starting lineup? Well, if he's trying to prove a point, he needs to be very careful that the point he pro- proves is that he's not up to the job. And a lot more City fans are saying it, and a lot more people said it to me in the ground yesterday without any... I didn't ask them, they just <coughs> told me. Um, as you correctly said, I would have... Uh, you could utilise that formation. There's nothing wrong with the formation. Um but you either play Tanner and Prig, and that gives you two wing backs. It doesn't give you two number tens or two midfield players, if you will, playing wing back who haven't got a defensive instinct. And uh, the thing that I disagreed with Pearson vehemently about after the game is how well Benarus, how well Benarus and Scott played. They didn't. Uh, Benarus played a lot better when he moved him into midfield. That's because he's a midfield player, and uh, Scott. I thought was uh, exposed. I don't think he's not a natural defender and it's a real waste. So if Nigel wants to play Eamon Benarus and Alex Scott, and I love to see a team of 11 Bristolians and an 11 homegrown players playing, I don't think I'll ever see it, but I'd love to see that. Uh, then he needs to play a 3-4-2-1 that a lot of sides play, and then you can play two number 10s. But then... If you've got Semenyo up front as your one, what do you do with Weinman, who scored two goals? And he's, he's and probably... What about, and what about the, the undroppable Chris Martin? I mean, Mark, um, looking at the lineup, Ian's just picked up there. Uh, good to see Tommy Conway back, yeah? And, you know, but it, he, he seems to persist with uh, Chris Martin, you know, 90 minutes for him again yesterday. What, what's, what, what do you think of that? And, yeah, the lineup, it just looked unbalanced, didn't it, from the off? Well, it's just, I mean, this madness is repeating the same mistakes over and over again and, and just hitting aimless balls down the middle when we'd be better playing with width and, and playing flat balls across the box. And Cameron Pring showed how to do that when he came on. But why, I mean, we, we, watched, the, we watched the Sheffield United game the other week and then we were, we were battered for 90 minutes um, by, by United and it was the same thing and it's the same thing every week teams just need to attack us down the flanks because we've only got we've got attacking attacking players in 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 defensive positions you can have good wing backs have got to attack and defend but they neither Benarus or Scott were were um, were taking the ball wide their instinct is to cut back in uh, for some reason which meant which meant it also slows play down but I feel mm-hmm. a bit sorry for Chris Martin because we're not getting the ball in, in the right positions for him, but he's not a player. But on the other side, he's not a player that you want to play every week because he's 32. And he just, if you play the ball into the channels, he's got no pace got no to go pace. after it. So no play pace. the ball on the ground. Yeah. Why do you have to play in the ball in the air? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we'll go through the game now. And there's plenty to talk about, about Nigel and various things that said in his conference afterwards. Yeah, and I'll come to you for the first two. First two major incidents of the game. Uh, the goal, um, you know, early press, and we did. We looked, uh, we looked, we looked strong early on, and you don't get much better than a second-minute goal, and then after that, the penalty. So tell us about those two incidents as you saw them. Perfect start, but then threw it away. 
potentially. Yeah, and and, and I've, I'm not sure. I, I'm going to take a look at the uh, goal clips from yesterday. I'm not sure that Viner actually did much for the penalty, but the referee said he tripped him and the referee's closer than I am. So you have to, although I thought the referee was dreadful yesterday, um, yeah. you have to take his, take his word for it. So he's given the penalty. And I actually said to the, to the two people next to me, when I saw the lad shaping up to take it, Bentley needs to go to his left and he'll save this. Lo and behold, Mr. Keel, he did. He saved it. And I thought, well, we might have got out of jail there. Um, yeah. and, and hopefully let's go up the other end. Uh, but we did, after we scored the goal, we stopped doing what gave us that success. And the reason we stopped doing it is fear. Um, Huddersfield played around the press a few times. Their midfield was far better and we were left charging back towards our own goal, panicking like mad. Uh, the reason for that is we haven't really um, got a defensive aspect to our midfield. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the midfield yesterday, if you throw Weinman in there, who was playing as the, the one behind the two, if you throw Weinman in there, you've got a midfield of James, Weinman and Masengo, which is a bit meh, as our, our younger friends say. Um, I, I, he hasn't got a great deal of choice because we've got Joe Williams, who's um, who's described. I don't know what the opposite of an ever present is, but a, a never present is that right? Yeah. So I feel sorry for the kid, but I feel sorry for the club because he's never fit. Um, yeah. So who else do you put in midfield? Andy King's not ready. He'll be ready at, uh, on Boxing Day at Luton, and I think he'll play. Well, if there's any games, um, if there's any games taking place, then of course, Ian, and then he's ready to play. But he's coming back in with no under twenty three game under his belt to get back to fitness. And let's be fair, he wasn't the sharpest when he was on anyway. You know, at his age and with well, at his age and not playing every week. You know, it's going to take him three or four games to get up to speed. Let me come back well, to you, um, Ian, just to sort of give it stick with the structure. I mean, Andy Vyman, just going back to the opening goal. Eight goals from him now this season. Uh, nine, in fact, because he got two yesterday. Four assists. Look, I'm a critic um, of him. Runs around, doesn't do much else. But, you know, he's silencing me. Nine goals, four assists this season, yeah? Yeah. And, and if, if you were going to put two up front, I'd put Semenyo and Vyman up front. Yeah. But, but th that's if you say is a striker and I still think if, if you played a 4-5-1 and he was wide right no doubt or was wide left or bring but I, I, I'd go for, because if you look at the form of the players you have to look at the form of the players and what is going to solve our problems and if you play 4-5-1 you should be far stronger in the wide yeah. areas yeah and bearing because, in mind because down, going, yeah bearing in mind down, we've got a manager who is a defender well, yeah. Yeah, but going, going, yeah, and we can't defend. And you go, that's three goals conceded again. We've conceded two last week. So go four, five, one. That means on the right hand side, you've got either you've got Tanner with Semenyo in front of him, or if you want to put Viner right back, yeah. Viner with, uh, with, with Tanner uh, with um, Semenyo in front of him. You'd have to look at who the one is. The one at the moment is, uh, could be Voiman. Or, uh, yeah, put Voiman in as the one up front, but you have to play football. It's no good what? doing that. And then Bentley leathering the ball up the field yeah. and it coming straight back. And yeah. as well as it coming straight back, 
that's the first ball. We didn't pick up the second ball either. Mm. And that's because the, the midfield is, I would right. say, reactive let's as back, opposed let's to come, proactive. Let's get, back into, let's get back into the game and give Mark a shout here. I mean, Mark, I mean, we, 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 we got off by bench saving. And then uh, we were doing okay. I mean, Benarish did a good header. Antoine Semenyo, he is starting to get a little bit of form, I think, now. But then, Mark, take us through the two goals either side of half time. You know, the manager said they were horror shows. Tofolo cross for Holmes to literally ghost past everybody for the first. And then the second, you know, Sinani uh, popped it in after a cross from Ward. Shoddy goals to concede, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, the first one, I mean, Toffolo, Toffolo was getting into just acres of space behind Alex Scott time and time again. But he played it into the middle and Holmes is on the move and he walks between uh, Atkinson and, and Matty James, strangely enough. And then he's he's on top of Bentley and just side foots it past. But the second one is weird because I think it's Thomas on the right, and he's actually stuck to the he's actually stuck to the touchline and sweeps it. He's, he's leaning back and sweeps it across the ward. Uh, who's then uh, I don't know who's marking Ward, and then he plays it across to Sinani, who hits it through. I think I don't know if it's Benarus or I don't know who, who, who was marking him, but stood off again it, it, uh, on the. Uh, on the back post and hit it to Bentley's left, right in the corner. And yeah. then the uh, the other goal, the next goal, a cross is coming in from the right. Callas attempts to make a block, but the ball spins up in the air. Ward is far too quick to it. I don't know if it was Viner who was marking him, but he's much quicker to the ball and heads it in, into the net. And um, what was off putting about Robin's TV yesterday was that the uh, the audio was ahead of the uh, was ahead of the pictures, so you knew it was a goal before you saw it which is a bit disconcerting, but it's just poor, poor defending down the sides. And, yeah. you know, we can just see it week in, week out. Why, why, oh, why do we do it? And we've got, we have got defensive players who can play there. We've got Cameron Pring, tall player, good, good, good attacking player. Can, well, he, can, changed, can he changed it after that, Mark, didn't well, we, he really? Because the thing the game, is, um... the, 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 we came back into the game, but it was too late. You can't start playing when you're 3-1 down. Well, you when you're 3-1 down at home, absolutely yeah, right. You know, you're, giving, you're giving yourself a mountain to climb. Um, Ian, Mark has just said about the, the two goals that made it 3-1. Um, and that second goal, Ward, nobody challenged him on the edge of the box before he slipped the ball through to Sinani to score. And then Callas was there. Somebody put on Twitter or OTIB last night that uh, they were sat behind the dugout and uh, it was a case of uh, Pearson when the third one went in said, drag him off, referring to Atkinson. Now, I thought Atkinson's distribution, I commented earlier in the first half, was poor. Um, Atkinson and Callas, somebody's put on OTIB today. Is Callas compromising his own game because he's trying to cover off everybody else's Errors, you know, because again, three goals conceded at home and bad goals, yeah, bad goals. But you know, do you think Callas is trying to do too much, and he's not being helped by having the ineffectual Viner who just seems to drift through games to one side of him and Atkinson to the other? What do you think about about that, Ian? Well, I think Atkinson is out of form, and he has been since he came back. Um, he doesn't look the player he was before. He had an illness. I don't know if it was COVID, uh, but he's come back and he doesn't look well. Uh, and he doesn't look in form. And his, his distribution yesterday was rank. 
And uh, he stopped bringing the ball out because he's lost confidence because every time he brings the ball out, he don't get his head up quick enough and he loses it. And that puts us under more pressure. Uh, so you've got Atkinson's out of form. Baker is unavailable for reasons. Well, we know he got the knock at Sheffield United. We know that he's gone. Uh, he's having further tests. But that's all we know. Um, so there was no mention of him in Nigel Pearson's press conference. So you have to look and say, well, who have we got that can play that position? And the only left-sided centre-back at the club currently fit is Rob Atkinson, or currently available is Rob Atkinson. Mm. I, think it's, I think it's two things. On the Callas thing, no, I think Callas is doing the very, very best he can for the team. Um, but I think Atkinson isn't in good form. He isn't in the form he was at the start of the season. He's not playing with any confidence because of it. Um, it doesn't help. You can't complain about a defence when you've got two midfield players playing wing-backs. And the, the idea with that is you have to play in the opposition's half and you have to get them high, like we did with Joe Bryan and Mark Little when in the promotion season from League One. That's the, the, the way to do it. The problem is, to do that, you have to dominate possession and dominate midfield. And we don't do that because we're not good enough in there. No, yesterday, yesterday, I think I saw the stats. We did have fifty-four percent possession, and we yeah, and we lost four hundred, uh, just over four hundred passes against Huddersfield's three hundred fifty. I think it was. Yeah, but Dave, like you can you can complete a thousand passes if they're all back. I know if they're all like Lee Johnson square balls, then uh, you're absolutely right. It, it <laughs> makes it make it makes no difference. And the 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 um, if you, I'd only ever look at pass forward completion rate and yeah. our passing forward completion rate would be dreadful yeah um yeah so look looking at it are you you've who have you got in midfield you've got joe williams never available uh, andy king we're told he'd be available boxing day masengo don't know what he is still don't know what he is oh well i saw uh, him yesterday Ian. well I, hang I on well, well well work works hard um works hard Runs around. He's one of the few players we've got that does track back at times, although nobody tracked back for the first, their first goal. But he was the one that was left in the runner's wake, wasn't he? The first goal. Well, I you've saw got, that. well no, it wasn't just him. But then you've got Backinson, who's hot and cold, is beyond belief. He's good, good one day, good one minute, bad the next. And who else have you got in midfield? Look, well, what do you think about it? Zach Viner can can play in, yeah. in there as a holder, but you would I don't think he'd call himself a midfield player. So Pearson decided at the start of the season to go with a smaller squad and sign older players. Okay, he signed two older players in Danny Simpson, who just seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth, and Andy King. And we're paying the price for it. Because if I, when I look at the midfield, uh lining up for Luton, uh I'm you, you look at it and you can't look at it with any confidence. And that's why I say well, play four. We're gonna stumble. Just, we're gonna stumble. Yeah, we're gonna stumble from one thing to another. Um, Mark, the second goal, and I'm gonna come back to the stoppage incident on you as well on this uh, Mark. But the second goal, uh, 97, 97 minutes. I mean, game over. The game was over at 3-1. The referee sort of played into Huddersfield's uh, his actions played into Huddersfield's time wasting, but 
Second goal, Benarus in a more advanced position to Semenyo. Vyman, good finish, 3-2. If that goal had come 10 minutes earlier, maybe we might have had a chance. But it was a good effort, wasn't it, Mark? Yeah, the ball zipped across the box and and uh, and Feynman coming onto it, smacked it past past their keeper, but it was too little, too late. I mean, yeah. I said it at the top of the programme, we have 13 shots on goal in the second half, for which for us is fantastic, but only one of those on target. I think um, by which, comparison... Which isn't, which isn't Huddersfield, fantastic. No, well, Huddersfield, well, no, which isn't fantastic. Huddersfield, in comparison, had six shots on target in the second half and scored two goals, much, much more clinical... And yeah. it's it's a it's the, the other the other side of it, of course, is we had all those we had all those attacks when we were free what we were free one we were free one down, and I think the other problem which has been raised and might have been raised by Dave Febbs is when the back three aren't aren't marking anybody, we're just leaving all that all that they're not doing anything we're leaving all that space in 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 front as well is is one way of looking at it. Perhaps they need to push up closer to the wing backs. But of course, if you've got wing backs that aren't wing backs who aren't defensively minded, they're 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 going to get caught out of position as well. So it's an accident waiting yeah. to happen. If you continue playing this formation, we're going to have problems unless you play Pring and Tanner there. The alternative is to go to to a back four and play uh, and play probably a four two three one, which is a a four a four five one if, effectively, and and try and and try and defend. From a position of you know, but even even with those strength. players that he's got, you know, you you could, as you say, you could do Viner at right back, Callas, Atkinson, Pring, De Silva. It's not like there's you know all of those. That's a more recognised back four type formation, isn't it? You know, so he is he trying to is he trying to prove a point? Do you think, Mark? To well. To Lansdowne, that, you know, well, I need that, to do something in the in the transfer window. Well, that'd be well. That, it's that's just stupidity. I mean, Steve Cottrell had, uh, had, a, had a policy of stupidity by picking the same players every week um, when we when we were the first season back in fifteen in fifteen sixteen, and you know there was only going to be one loser, and that was him, and he was out of the job in, in January twenty sixteen. So if he if he is, it's completely futile. Because it, you know, it just means we're gonna we're gonna siphon points and get closer to the relegation zone. I don't think he's doing that. He's just making mistakes in picking the wrong players, uh, the wrong players in the, in the wrong in the wrong positions mm. and leaving us exposed. Because teams, yeah. it's not that to be a rocket scientist to work out how to attack City. Yeah. They'll press a little bit in the middle, but they're they're weak down the side. I mean, Ian, you know. We we talk about we talk about the mid we talk about the midfield. Yeah, you've mentioned it twice now, the players that we've got available. We know we know that, but I said a moment ago that the manager is a defend defender by profession, you know, and in any business, in sorry, in any football team, you build from the back. Yeah. We are leaking goals, yeah. And it, why 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 is he doing this you know because it just seems and then and then he says they played well the wing backs you know he said that post match so never mind yes, the midfield he could make the team more solid even allowing for current injuries well that's that's true and you can only pick the players that are available but he could have picked a better side yesterday from the players available that would be my point i don't think nigel pearson's got the answers um I think he thinks he's got the answers, um, but the the point about the wing backs yesterday and praising them, I felt was deluded, and I watched the game, um, 
And I, I felt that Benarouz only played well when he moved into midfield. Yeah. And Alex, Alex Scott, I think he was at fault for their second goal because he didn't pick up his man on the left. He's the right back. He was tracking back two yards behind him when he picked up the ball and put the shot past Bentley. Mm. Um, and I don't think he had a good game. Now, I'm not saying they didn't try because they both did, but they are not wingbacks. And he proceeded. Now, I can understand doing it when we didn't have anybody else, but he's not, he's doing it now when we have got other people. And if he does it at Luton, I think it, it, I think we'll get battered. Now, um, before yesterday, Huddersfield's away form was dreadful. They played the last six games, they'd won, uh, they'd drawn three and lost three. So they mm. picked up three points out of 18. So on paper, it was a game that we could and should have won. Uh, but it, if there's nothing, it's not the formation, it's where the personnel are in it. And if you've got players out of form, at the moment, we've got no alternative at left centre-back to Atkinson, unless you move Callas over to left centre-back, where he's not as good, and you play Zach Viner at right centre-back. And then that starts to look a bit weak. So... Um, we we need Pring, to. If, Pring can't play there, can he? Pring can't play well, left Pring, centre back. Yeah, Pring, Pring can play left centre back, but he's better off as your left full back if you're going to a four. If you're going to a three, he can play. He can be uh, that one uh, because, I, as I say, I, I, I don't think it's. I think Atkinson's uh, going to be a decent player. He's nowhere near mm. um, at, at the moment, and he's not as good as he was at the start of the season. And that seems to be since he came back from an injury and illness. Yeah. Now, it could be a lack of confidence. Uh, he could still be feeling it a bit. But Nigel Pearson should see that in training. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't, I, don't watch, I don't watch the lads play, uh, train. Um, so I can only judge by what I see on a Saturday. And when mm. a player is out there on Saturday, he is judged as a first-team player. Whether he's 18 or 80, it doesn't make any difference. He's a first-team player. And you've got to say, what contribution is he making to the first team. And and when I look at our side, I think we can't defend, and and it, but I wouldn't blame the defenders. I think it's as much the fault of the midfield as anyone else because yeah. we're too easy to play against. Well, they run round they, 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 they us. I mean, let's come away from the action in a minute. Mark, um, the second half was a very disjointed affair. And on 68 minutes, we had a stoppage that was all of uh, eight minutes long. And it seemed total chaos what it was about. I could see a couple of uh, water bottles thrown onto the pitch. If I read correctly, it sounds like it was an 11-year-old kid that threw it on rather than an adult. But, you know, that stoppage came just as we were getting a little bit of momentum, didn't it, Mark? Yeah, that totally killed the game. And, and I, I expected more more time to be added on. But Thomas, Thomas went to take, um, take a corner which I think had been conceded by Pring. And a, a, a bottle came down near his feet. So he complained to the referee. Then the referee uh, talked to some of the Huddersfield players. Then Bentley came over. Then I think um, either some more bottles came down. So he walks over to the, uh, the fourth official, then Nigel Pearson, then Carlos Cormoran. And it, I think we were waiting for an announcement because, you know, I think we, you know, 
people looking on would have been pretty shocked for the length of the length of time would normally necessitate some sort of announcement uh, from the from the from the club because yeah. we in, in much you know done it in 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 uh, in, in other in other circumstances um you, you obviously the protection of the player is, is 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 paramount you know they've got to protect the protect the player um but i was one played into their hands it played, in, it played into their player, hands. some players would have just picked the ball up thrown it to one side got on and yeah and got on with it got on with the game i mean yeah i mean that that's that, that's there, there's no excuse for the fans that do it fans that did it uh, and I hope they're they're banned for life. I don't care what age care what age they are. It, it's ruining it for the, the rest of the, the rest of Section eighty two. It's ruining it for the club. But it all took a lot a, a a very long time to sort out. Perhaps yeah. they could have they should have got stewards in there to take action very quickly, and they could have they could have got on with the game quicker. It could have been handled better than it was. Yeah. But yeah. there is no excuse for the action to, of, of the fans that did it. No, and if it's an 11-year-old and he was there with a parent or whatever, the pair of them should be banned. End of story. If, you know, yeah, if so, no, no, yeah, no, 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 well, Ian, look, we are where we are. We're at the halfway stage of the season. Now, people said to us, uh, it was said on um, one of the Twitter comments that, we do knee-jerk reaction based on one individual result. And obviously we are going to comment and call it as it is, as we often do. And if you look at the last six games, two wins, two draws, two defeats, um, some couple of decent performances in there. Overall, extrapolate that over the season. That gives you uh, I think 54 points or something like that, which is probably 17th up to 13th as a position, maybe a bit lower than that. Yeah, probably 18th up to... 14th or something like that. Halfway stage of the season, Ian. Um, we need another, uh, where are we? 23 points, 24. You know, we got to, we got to muster eight wins. Um, if we'd have won against Huddersfield, we'd have been, I think, on level points with them. So, you know, is it all that? If you look at the last six games, eight points, you know, should we... Is is it all going to come down to the transfer window in January if the games are still going ahead? Of course, that's a separate discussion in a moment. Well, I think the games will go ahead. Um, I think the question is, will there be fans in the stadium? Um, yesterday, I was disappointed. Um, it was easy enough to get into the ground. There were no problems uh, that, that I came across anyway. I, I was up there fairly early, to be honest, because I had to meet some people. Um, the games will go ahead. Will they be behind closed doors? Well, I'd rather they were behind closed doors than not played at all. I have to say that. Um, it's not my, obviously not my preference. Um, on Thursday, we were told by the supporters' liaison officer, Jerry Tucknell, that mask wearing uh, would be um, mandatory in the indoor areas. Um, I was on the concourse. If I walk past 3,000 people, 20 had masks on. Mm. So that wasn't policed in any way by the stewards. Um, in fact, I, I barely saw the steward on the concourse. Um, so if we carry on like that, it's very likely that we'll be playing the games behind closed doors. Yeah. Also, in terms of the checking of the COVID passport, 
it would be very, very easy for a younger person, I'll say a 25-year-old, just pick, pick an age at random, to get their dad's COVID passport, print it off, uh, or download it to his phone and walk in there and yeah. put that up because there's no real check. They just check that it says NHS COVID pass. They don't scan the barcode and they don't do an identity check, mm. which to me, I know it would make it longer, but I, I just don't see, uh, I, I mean, okay, you can't go in with a lateral flow test unless, it, unless it's registered to an NHS site. Uh, so that's a good thing. But honestly, uh, the crowd yesterday was given out. Was it eighteen eight or something like that? Yeah, I'd be su- I'd be surprised if there was eleven thousand people in that yeah. ground. No, because I, it looked, I would agree with you looked, from that. Hudders, Huddersfield brought I don't know a couple of coach loads. Yeah, um, and and it was a, probably the, one of the lowest away attendances. Which and it, it's it's Black Saturday. Um, it's always a low attendance. It's always Black Saturday, the Saturday before Christmas. Yeah. No, yeah, but then again, you look at you look at Ipswich Sunderland yesterday. Their, their crowd was just below was twenty nine thousand. So it, it wasn't obviously wasn't Black Saturday in East Anglia and in in. Uh, oh, well, that's because the marvelous Mister Ashton was saying Ipswich are back on the world map. You know, oh, they've God, got a new manager go. now, and he's here anyway. We go. Look, we mustn't we mustn't obsess about no, Mark Ashton. No, you Mark, you mustn't. You no, mustn't, Dave. You brought you brought up. Sunderland. No, I, I was just I was talking about crowds, <laughs> you know. But Mark, no, I, Mark, I think Mark, it's definitely. I, I started that off. question. It was going to involve COVID, so it was really to sort of say we're at the halfway stage of the season. We are where we are. Can I? Can um, I just say something? Go on. I mean, I think with every 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 advancing day, we're moving towards um, closing stadiums to fans. I think it's inevitable, and it's not in the it's not in the public interest to have thousands of people not uh, close to one another. Uh, potentially spread it, spreading COVID. It's not. It's not healthy. It's, and it's not a good idea. Um, whether uh, you know whether uh, play, players will want to play behind closed doors because, of course, they can. They're not. They're not immune to catching COVID either. That remains to be seen. But I would take action now. It's just not worth it. Um, you know, well, I think no, we'll, sorry. Well, look, there are more restrictions a coming in now. Discussion. You sound like the harbingers of doom on there. I'm sorry. The <laughs> we haven't got the bloody statistics. We haven't yeah. got the statistics to prove it one way or another at the moment. And, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, dying of COVID or dying with COVID and all that. And, you know, how many people are in hospital? How many are anti-vaxxers that are in hospital? You know, if they're keeping, if people going into hospital with COVID are filling up the beds... Yeah, then if you're not vaccinated, I'm sorry, you go to the back of the queue. You know? Yeah, because I don't. You're there for yeah. your own fault. Um, anyway, it's not. This isn't the forum for uh, discussions about no, the rights and wrongs of that. I mean, game back, back, with, with you still, Mark. Twenty-seven points at the halfway stage of the season. You know, it's <laughs> it, it it's not pretty to watch. We've said that time and time again. And I said to Ian, you know, the January chance for a window. Yeah, we keep talking about getting a striker, you know, and that means dropping the undroppable because one player seems to be there. It's going to be one hell of a bloke to come in and replace Chris Martin unless he's going to bench warm. So can we get another 23 points in the second half of the season, Mark? And is the centre forward what we need or is it back to two midfielders and another defender? Because we can't rely, as Ian's reminded us a couple of times today, we can't rely on Joe Williams, who is our... It was our linchpin. 
Well, we can't rely on we can't rely That's on, not on Well, That's yeah, question. but just just rely we can't rely on Joe um, on Nathan Baker either. So no, I know that That's, might, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Or we want Cundy back as well one day. Mark, go on. What are you going to say on that? Yeah, the, I think you, you could bring a new striker in, but you need some somebody to pass to. To, to pass in the ball, I mean, I can, I'm, I'm, I lost. I, there are two or three good good crosses from from Pring yesterday, where where Martin was too slow to get to the ball, and I think maybe some, I think Semenyo as well. If they'd have been attacking the ball, you know, sliding in, you used to see you know uh, Andy Gray and Joe Jordan with, and even Chris Garland would stick their heads in where it hurt or put their feet in where it hurt just to get to the ball. We we didn't we didn't do that, so it needs somebody a bit quicker. But I'm. I think the January transfer window. We it, we we're hoping that we bring players in, but hope and expectation are two different things. Because we're just disappointed every single year. Because we, I mean, it's difficult to bring players in. We know that. But I don't expect us to do much business. But unless we want to struggle with the with the squad we got, we will struggle to get those points. I mean, really struggle. We'll we'll scrape just enough points to get past the fifty mark. Um, but we're we're, set, we're setting ourselves up for a very very uh, heavy second half of the season. Unless oh, we get we, one or we, two, we need one or two midfield players in, uh, and and a striker at the very at the very least, and possibly another defender because of uh, Atkinson's poor form and the fact that we Baker is going to be out for a long time. And they've this. got to be better. They've got to be better than what we've already got, and therefore. Well, you know, You're unless you can unload, you? is going to sanction increasing the wage bill? Because, you know, oh, we say yeah. the same old thing every week. I mean, Ian, but going back to the transfer um, window, you know, is if they did sign this guy from Rotherham, yeah, um, is he just going to push Chris Martin out of the team, is there a player out there? Is a young gangling striker that could be the proper target man that we need? What do you, what do you think? You know, because well, first of all, you have to decide which way you're going to play. Now, a player that we have been linked with, I've heard, is Dembele at Peterborough, but Barry Fry being Barry Fry, um, you know, they'll they'll probably want far too much for him, and we and in the same way we didn't go for Ivan Tony. Wonder whatever happened to him. Um, we we probably won't get that lad. But if you had him in Semenyo up front, then you've got real pace and a bit of skill and strength and power. But you'd have to play football because it's no good leathering it forward in the air. You can play the ball in behind. That's a completely different pass. But leathering it forward down the middle of the field in the air isn't going to do the trick. If so, if it, it you before we make any sign-ins. We have to sit in a room and say, or Pearson and his coaches do, right, how are we going to play? Are we going to go doing what we're doing now with Bentley leathering the ball down the middle of the field and a bunch of defenders that aren't great at passing it? Or are we going to try and play some football? If we're going to try and play some football, we need two midfield players uh, because I don't think our squad's fit enough to get, the midfield players aren't fit enough to get through to the end of the season without further mishap. And we need and we need a striker. So we either need a guy is a bit like Semenyo um, up front with him, uh, and that could be Andy Weinman. Or you 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 say right, okay, no, we are going to leather it. In that case, yeah, go up to Rotherham, get Smith, um, and play one of the players next to him. Any of the strikers we've got could play next to mm-hmm. him. Uh, and I, I would suggest either. Uh, 
putting Semenya wide and Andy Vyman down the middle because at the moment um, we we may as well play four five one, turn into four three three when you're attacking, uh, and try and score a few goals and outscore a few teams and win a few games three two. Um, but it, it really needs a, a strategic think, and to to use the old analogy, you'll love this, Dave. We're, we don't want clubs in the bag. We don't want another one of them, please. We want players that are going to make a difference. And the players, um, as I, I've been saying this for months, and I'll say it again, holding midfield player, skillful midfield player like a Brian Tinian, and uh, depending on how you're going to then play, you need a big centre forward. So mm-hmm. when Joe Jordan was there at first and we had Taylor and Turner up front, we pl- more or less played four, we played four four two. We had two wingers, two strikers, and yeah. we had uh, little Gary Shelton and big Dave Rennie in midfield. And Dave Rennie was more of a centre back. Really. That's right, Mark Gavin, Mark Gavin on the left, and Dave Dave's Mark Gavin on the right and Dave Smith on the left. Mark the Gavin, fly, on the, the flying right, postman Dave Smith on the left. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So you it, have so so if you want to play like that, great. But in at least we knew what our identity was and how we played yeah. at the moment. I'm not seeing, I'm still not seeing that horrible word well, identity that's... and I don't care about philosophy and all that, but, but let's, let's, let's have a game plan for God's sake. Yeah. Because at the moment, the more of the ball we have, the more likely we are to lose. And that should tell you a lot about your team. Yeah. And when we do have the ball, we try and force the play. We're not, we're not patient uh, playing one and two touch football. It will never go back to a centre back or trying to play the ball long. And, um, uh, and or we'll try and we'll try and play uh, a Hollywood pass that that doesn't doesn't come off. Yeah. We don't treat that we we don't treat the book treat the we ball. Don't, we don't mother the we don't we mother don't, the no, ball. No, we don't. I mean, Johnson you look. Say, you, you and look another Col- one of his phrases. We don't have players that affect the game, and that is a problem. And and he, I've got to pick up on Ian's point with you, Mark. Um, you know, we don't know what. Nigel Pearson's philosophy is in terms of a lineup because he flip flops between you know like a conventional back four and then this three with stupid wing backs and you know he's been able to pick a side even allowing for injuries that have got more structure and purpose what he seems to be doing and I don't know what the Nigel Pearson style of football is he's not coming out and saying it he did say when he was appointed it was going to be front foot fast flowing football like he did at Leicester. And he was the one that brought Jamie Vardy forward. Yeah. We say about having that big striker, you know, our closest, the closest we've got to Jamie Vardy is probably Andy Vyman. But, you know, are you convinced that, you know, Nigel does know his own style of play? You know, because he's, he's he, we probably get, might get two players in, but we've got to ship three out in January. But does he know his style of play? No. His own no, style. And, no, he hasn't, got, he hasn't got a clue about his style of play. I mean, let's, let's say hypothetically he wanted to do more transfer business in the summer, although he said we don't need any more strikers. That may just have been uh, the political thing to say because he's he has created the problem by bringing in Andy King, Matty James and re-signing Danny Simpson at the expense of maybe two or three good loanees. He doesn't like bringing in players on loan. There are plenty of championship teams who have made use of the loan system and got young, hungry players who, who wanted, wanted to shine, who are making their way up. You've only got to look at someone like Conor Gallagher, who three seasons ago was playing for Charlton in the first half of the season. Then he went to Swansea. 
then West Brom, and now he's he's shining at Palace. Who who you know players who will work their socks off, and and will do a job for you, in in a in a COVID, in a COVID depressed market when you just have to suck it up and say those players aren't going to be with you for more than one season, but we can bring our own players through. And that will give it. That will buy us some time, so that we can bring, we can yeah. do some business in a couple of years. But now we've just got to make use of the system because everybody else is doing. Because we haven't done that, that's why we got We're the problem suffering. we have. I'm picking up on your point there about players that are injured that he signed. You have got to throw Nathan Baker into that list as well because we knew he was sort of like bone china. You know, he was going to go down at the earliest. So that was another risk, wasn't it, from that point of view. Yeah, I mean, he 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 was uh, when we signed him on loan in fifteen sixteen. He was he was injured, and he's he's a player that throws himself into challenges. Um, you you have to say recklessly uh, with his with his injury record, uh, and you know he's he's a player who gives everything for Bristol City, no question about that. But it's going to affect his his um, his health uh, the way the way things are going, and I hope he, he recovers. But that leaves that leaves more problems because that and the form of Atkinson means we probably need another defender if we want to if, if we want if we want to feel a bit comfortable. But we, I think that Pearson's mentality in just trying to say you know look at look at look at it in the face of urgency and just say I can we can make do. It's gonna we're gonna struggle. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're lucky that Derby have had that points deduction. I expect Reading to recover because they've only con- they've only lost six points. Um, Peterborough and Barnsley will probably really struggle. But if we continue the way that we do, we're going to be stuck down that end of the division. I don't expect us to do much transfer business in January, and we'll just bump along. And we're going to have conversations like this every every week. I unfortunately, know. I know um, it's sort of it, like Groundhog Day. Most of these broadcasts that we do, really, you know, yeah. we are so inconsistent. Ian, football finances, uh, our latest account seem to be being delayed for, I'm guessing, reasons that it's going to be. This is how bad everything is. Um, and this week, well, Ian, there was a graph that appeared this week showing that of the top 44 clubs in the country, we were up there. I think number three is uh, wages as a percentage of turnover. And somebody sh- said that shows the commitment that the chairman has put in. And there was another graph that showed, you know, individual investment by uh, individuals. He was right up there. I mean, Steve's been a fool with his money, really, hasn't he, uh, Ian? That's the long and the short of it. Infrastructure in terms apart. Of, in terms, in terms of, of, you know, uh, we've been signing, you know, we, well, we've actually, signed, well, we played high wages. Yeah, look, in terms of, losing money we've lost 179 million over the last 10 years now this is at a time when people are telling me uh, about uh, a sustainable model and how you know we want we and to quote your friend well we we always need uh, it's like to say thank you to steve maggie tiddles the cat and i just like and we're building a sustainable model now Steve Lansdowne's seen that happening. Now, he can read a balance sheet the same as I can, and you look at it. Now, there is some good things about us financially that the club hasn't got any debt. There is no external debt at the club, no bank debt. Lots of clubs can't say that, but we've lost $179 in the last 10 years. We're the 12th highest 
owner financed club in the country and they were the only all the ones above us have been in the Premier League at least once if not still in there so he is uh, put in 169 million pounds so basically he's paid for us to lose money uh, our transfer debt is about the uh, 12th highest it stands at 17 million that's over the last 10 years so years ago, when you bought a player, it's 50% down, 50% over a year. Now it could be nothing down and you pay the transfer over four or five years. Uh, so if you look at the transfer debt, we're quite high. And once, once again, all the clubs above us are either in or have been in the Premier League. But our, for example, our transfer debt is higher than Sheffield United. Yeah. Um, and and that, that's quite telling. So... It's not, it's not, well, it's only sustainable in the same way as if you had a business that was losing 20 million every year, but you had a benefactor who put in 20 million every year, that becomes sustainable because yeah. the bloke's putting in 20 million. So it's not really a great business to be in. So when people say, well, he won't pay the wages, what he, paying wages as, as, I mean, at one point, our wages to turnover ratio was higher than Man City. Yeah. And it's not quite there at the moment, but we're right up there. And that shows a poorly, poorly managed. And by that, I'm not not I'm just not talking about Steve. I'm talking about the CEOs we've had, the boards we've had, because they can all read the balance sheet. They can see the numbers same as me. Now, I had a chat yeah. with Richard Gould before the game yesterday, a brief chat. Um, and my take on what what. Uh, Richard, the account should be out early January. Uh, and as you know, I've asked him if he'll if he'll come on the podcast. And he agreed uh, to talk to talk to um, talk to us about the account. Um, I think if we're going to do any business in the transfer market, um, we're going to see a, a different um, a different approach is probably the best word to put it, where we're, we're going to be going for what we went for in the summer. So lads from League One and League Two, Tanner Atkinson, will pick up some out-of-contract players if they're prepared to pay for the right wages, i.e. Baker Vyman, both took big cuts. Um, and it would there may be the odd, the odd loan. Will we have to move players out? Yes, we will. Um, and then you you need to look. I think they'd be prepared to move players like unless let's you know name the players likely to go out. If you look at players not regularly starting, Casey Palmer, Jay De Silva, Naki Wells. Now between them, they cost us about twelve million quid. I think if we could recover wages and bring in players um, to to cover them, so it'd be a case of perhaps three out, three in, or three out, five in, something like that, then I think we'd let them go if we could get their wages covered. Yeah, but are you, talking, their... are you talking in January in or in the summer? In the, I'm talking, well, both, but January, we're, we're going to need uh, to do I, something. I just don't think, I just don't you think, I don't you see can't that reduce... happening because, look, I mean, one of the best things that could happen for City, and because of this infection of COVID, we've actually yeah. had more matches postponed because of COVID infection than in the first phase of games that were cancelled. And the best thing that could happen for City almost is for football to shut down for three weeks. So we've got two games that we're going to 
pre the window, but at least if we are going to do stuff in the window, you know, that, that stuff that we do will be reflected by having players in through the door. Um, Mark, yeah, but is, hang on, is, Dave. Hang on. If you've got to remember, if you stop football, you stop commercial income and you you stop income in money as well. So it's all right saying, well, yeah, we, yeah. we just stopped doing it, but that's what we did last well, season. I think, but what, I think that's what, oh, just I a think quick, that's what's going to happen. Wait a minute, just a quick point on financial fair play, because there's a, there's a bit of confusion going around on it. And I clarified this with Richard yesterday. The rolling two seasons into one isn't going to happen. But what there will be is a, a full set of, of allowances. So, for example, if we lost, let's say over the three seasons, we lost uh, 45 million, but we lost 10 million in commercial revenue, ticket sales, the daddy sponsorship, the daddy, 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 da, that loss would be reduced by that 10 million. So you've got a set of allowances. Yeah. So, but that will not include transfers. So if you spent a load of money on players, you don't get that as an allowance. No. It's only lost income via commercial activity, ticket sales. And, and where and we've got wages that are higher than revenue overall, that works to our disadvantage because we're spending the money on the players. Yeah. If we had no, 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 I'm talking about no, I'm talking about transfer fees. Yeah. Wait, wages. Or, or wages are what wages are, uh, yeah. but I'm talking about transfer fees. If you've gone out and spent 20 million in the transfer market, it's no good saying, "Well, uh, getting yourself in a situation like Reading where they lost, I think it was they breached financial fair play by something like 19 million quid." Yeah. So, and a lot of that was, well, we paid 10 million for this player and yeah. three million for that player. Now wages come into it; they've got to but you're not going to get away with the wages bit. Yeah. You will get away with, you will get away with, well, and it, we're not getting away with it. It's the truth. We couldn't sell any tickets. Nobody came here. We couldn't sell any, any tickets to away fans. And that averages make something up two million quid a season. So we'd like to claim all that back, please, against this thumping great loss we're going to make. Now, well, Richard wouldn't and commit, we know, and we about well, well, Richard wouldn't commit. I said to him, how much do you reckon we're going to lose? Just roughly. And, and he, he said, well, I'm not going to say anything until the accounts come out, which is fair enough. Yeah. So well, we know what we know what the figure is going to be, Mark. Just to uh, wrap up, um, it, it's it's we keep saying this. It's a critical time for the club in many respects because you know against the background of all these financial problems, against the background of uncertainty with the uh, revenue uh, coming in through the door, you wouldn't want to be uh, you wouldn't want to be running a football club at the moment, really, would you? No, no, not at all. Because um, as it is said, I had to make a small fortune out of a, uh, from a football club as you start with a large one. But I mean, uh, with with crowds depressed, that match day income, and of course those huge debts caused by caused by lockdown last year, I think fans have got to accept there's going to be very little transfer activity. And if we do, we'll, we'll be spending peanuts on players. Yeah. But we're going to have to um, either let the contracts run down to players like Casey Palmer. Uh, and, Jay De Silva, I think, are contracted to 2023, uh, 2020, 2024, Naki. Um, and, that, and, that, and, that, and Naki Wells. And we, nobody's going to want to buy And we don't well, see Taylor, Taylor Moore coming back. I think he's, no, Taylor Moore won't come, come back from Hearts. And, and it's, it's good that he's actually, you know, he's got a club yeah. and he's not sat on his back. What about Riley Towler? Do we get a chance to get him back? Because he's a left sided central 
player. Yeah, I yeah, don't think he a... can come back in January. That's that's. It's not been agreed that he's staying at Grimsby. But he's not so even he, getting he... a game for them at the moment, is he? Unless he's injured. I, I don't know. I am. He's I not am played. Following... I've, a friend of mine's a Grimsby fan, so I've heard him saying about. Grimsby well, I think he's. Great. I think. I think Ryder's. Ryder's. Ryder's at his level. I think it's Lewis Britton at, at Woking. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, yeah. so he he's at his level. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't think he's been getting game time. But we're stuck. Let's put it. It's let's put it succinctly. We're stuck with what we got. Yeah. The manager will keep picking the same players. We got to hope he sees some sense and start and picks better players. Oh, we just got to hope we get enough. Formation. We get enough points uh, for yeah. whatever. Well, look, that's um, where we are. It's good to talk to both of you this morning. We're looking forward to uh, Christmas. I hope we'll be at Ashton Gate on the 30th for the QPR game. Uh, and it's 20, uh, is it 28th or the 30th for the it's QPR the 30th, game? 30th. Thursday the 30th. I and it's, uh, it, it, it's on the sky red button, so I don't think that's going to do wonders for attendances either, as no. is, <laughs> as is the, Luton, the Luton game yeah. is also on the sky red button. Well, this uh, I say I'm making a lot of money out of this podcast as because uh, we're doing it on Zoom. And uh, those of you that are listening, you won't see this, but Mark and Ian know that yesterday I was at a super spreader event. I uh, came up uh, to London, so I'm doing this uh, broadcast sat in uh, room 417 of the Ritz Hotel on Piccadilly. So uh, we had a marvellous time up in London. You wouldn't think there was a lockdown coming just around the corner. So I'm going to say to... Uh, our listeners, have a great Christmas. We're going to get a couple of people coming on doing uh, half-term reports over the week ahead, which I hope, hope I can get. And then uh, um, Mark and Ian will probably skip doing the Boxing Day game and then we'll do something after the QPR game, which will probably be on uh, New Year's Eve. You, so, as always, thanks know, for, thanks you, for you your do contribution. Know, yeah, and um, You do know that a third of the people in London are unvaccinated, Dave? I do. I do know that. <laughs> No, I'm just going off to Parliament Square to stage my own one-man protest. As long as, as, long as, Jeff, as, long as you mingle with the other two thirds, you'll be fine, Dave. I think that's what yeah. he's trying Absolutely to say. Absolutely All right. Well, have, a great, anyway, have a great Christmas. Can I and wish everybody... Before, yeah. And uh, listeners, thanks for yeah, your No, you can't, Mark. No, no, vir- no virtue signal. No, I'm just going to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Putting on the wrist That's where each and every Lulu bell goes Every Thursday evening with her swell bows Robin elbows come with me We'll attend the Jubilee See them spin their last two bits Putting on the The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.